right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from the city of angels in los angeles welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land i'm dave the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com along with my lovely co-host who isn't here today so i won't introduce her (laughs) also coming to you live and on demand 24 7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and and many, many more. In fact, we are proud to be voted, and we just got raised to the number one uh, level on Feedspot, which is the Nielsen rating for podcasts. Number one caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of thousands. Number one on Player FM. Number one on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Ariel Spring, author of When Birds Sing, My Journey from Trauma to Triumph, is a living example of a phoenix rising. Her idyllic life spiraled out of control for over 20 years due to experiencing many traumas. In her darkest moment, she saw a light to freedom and began her ascent to wholeness. Spring's openness, insight, and warm, empathetic heart has inspired her to share her story. A health and life coach, Ariel has also served as a group facilitator for abuse and trauma victims. And before we get started on that amazing interview, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Dr. Vicki Matthews, a naturopathic physician and relationship coach. She's been a guest on Oprah's show twice, a relationship expert on our Fox business, and has been featured on radio, podcasts, and print. She's also also the author of the award-winning book, The Five Elements of Relationship, How to Get Along with Anyone, Anytime, Anyplace. And a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one that I'm doing today at caregiverdave.com or any of our other 26 global audio networks that I mentioned earlier, like iHeartRadio and iTunes. All right, enough of that. Ariel, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much, Dave. It's wonderful to be here with you. And I do like to take this moment and ask my guests, just who is Ariel Spring and why was she placed on this earth? (laughs) Well, uh, I believe to share the journey from trauma to triumph, Dave, is why I was placed on this earth. Um, Many, many people are suffering right now in the country, in the world. And uh, I believe I can share my experience, strength, and hope that there is light after severe trauma and suffering from PTSD and complex PTSD. Now, you've been a caregiver to your mother for a short period of time, or at least you tried. (laughs) Mothers and daughters are difficult relationships. Did you have a caregiver yourself caring for you at uh, different points in time? Uh, no, not really. I was pretty much on, You're on your own. own huh? I was on my <clears throat> own, spiraling through uh, 
life and went in a downward spiral for over 20 years, oh. as I share in my book, When Birds Sing. Um, so I really didn't have anyone. Uh, there were long periods where I didn't even speak to my parents. And wow. I was pretty much estranged from my only sibling. Wow. So, um, I did not have a caregiver. That must have been very tough. Tell us when you experienced your very first trauma, because you say you have many, right? I did have a couple which set off. Well, first of all, my childhood was um, difficult in some senses, even though it looked idyllic from the outside. Um, as we mentioned, uh, I did have a very difficult relationship with my mom. Uh, my light um let's say uh was a little bit intimidating for her and she wanted to be in the spotlight um <laughs> so uh that caused her not to really <clears throat> nurture me or launch me into the world or this is all of her life all of your uh baby and uh pre uh, you know teen life really she took care of me, I mean, physically, <clears throat> but emotionally, she was not there for me. Uh, my brother uh, was the prince in the family, but see, he was not a threat to her as I was. Now, the threat didn't start as a toddler or a young girl, but <clears throat> started when, <clears throat> you know, I was in my teens. Hmm. Is that and when that the problems were, when you're in your teens, as opposed to being a toddler? Exactly. So I. Well, she I, just I, kind of changed, and I, I. I bet you didn't know what happened. Well, you yeah. know what? Uh, what life event happened? Was it when you became a woman? You know, had your period. I mean, what? What point did she make the change that you are not a child anymore? <clears throat> well, what happened was I was working in high school. I had a job, and um, I was accosted by my boss's husband. Oh my. She was in the hospital. I was in charge. It was a skincare studio. And he sexually assaulted me in the living room. And I handled it. I was just a naive from a two streetlight town girl. And I handled it very maturely. I got my mother to come and get me. And I took her aside And when I got home. And I said, Mom, something has happened. I don't want dad involved i just want to talk to you about it and after i explained what happened she betrayed my confidence and immediately called my dad in who proceeded to round us up and put us in the car and make us wait in the car while he went in to speak to this gentleman now why were you in the living room uh what what was the purpose what why were you there i was the studio, I'm sorry, the makeup studio was in her home. Oh. So, uh, it was slow that day. I and you were know. working for the makeup studio? I was, wor yes, I was a cosmetologist at 16. And the wife was away and clients come into the home? He was in the, my boss was in the hospital. And so her husband was hanging out at home while she was in the hospital. He came into the living room where she had given me permission to watch my soap operas if 
if it wasn't busy because so the clients were gone or is it, are they walk-ins the clients were gone i had no bookings and it was I a heat see. wave so no nobody was walking in so he took full advantage of that wow so the problem began when my dad trusted the man and who said he would never do it again and but he admitted doing it yes and and, did, and your father didn't punch him out or anything like that threaten oh, him heck no he he forced me to go back to work the next day there in wow. the environment and i don't, I don't get that's, that that's when my ability to trust my decision making process process started to plummet and it was shortly after that Dave that I accepted a date from a boy who was new in in our class and he had he didn't have a good reputation and um it ended up him picking up two more boys and taking me out on a dirt road and they they all sexually assaulted me wow so you didn't want to tell your dad. Is that because you knew how your dad would react? I didn't want to tell my dad about the the gang rape. Even no. the first rape, though. Well, that the first was a sexual assault. I I see what you're saying. I I probably didn't trust my dad. I trusted my mom more, and so didn't have a good relationship with your dad ever. No, no. Okay. Interesting. Wow. But that's a little bit deeper. Okay, uh, so what happened after the gang rape? Well, those were the two traumas that set me off hmm. into the downward spiral because... And you were how old? I was 16. Wow. I was 16, Dave, and uh, I never told my parents about the second thing after what wow. happened with the first thing. Why would I? And these were uh, kids in high school with you? They were. They so were. what happened afterwards, uh, interactions uh, with them? Well, what happened, sadly, was that I found them each after their classes the next day and told them I was sorry. For? Yeah, for what happened. And what did they say? I took that shame on and it stayed with me, as I said, for over two decades. They didn't try it again? No, no, they did not. But my life had, was forever changed at that point. And because I was so, I thought, you know, I didn't fight and therefore it was my fault. Um. But as it turned out, the ringleader the boy who I accepted the date with, he went to prison for statutory rape a few years later of a 13-year-old. I see. So I was dealing with a serious criminal, and had I fought, he might have killed me right in front of those two boys who decided to go along with him. Hmm. And in in the other crime that he committed, he had accomplices as well. So he liked to have other people join in. But um, I learned all this writing my book uh, about him, which was very helpful in being able to understand the type of danger I was in and that 
my response was a perfect response to save my life. But as so many women, I took it on that I didn't do the right thing to prevent it, that I could have stopped it. Yeah, and so you've developed like post-traumatic stress disorder. I did. And uh, tell us about that. Well, that's something that now we're really Mm. understanding a lot more about. Since they're, you know, they have a whole host of symptoms for complex post-traumatic stress disorder. What's the difference, by the way? Well, um, complex is just having more than one trauma. Mm. So I had all the symptoms of PTSD plus the symptoms of CPTSD that I was dealing with. Of course, I didn't get any help because just like an addiction, the PTSD will tell you, well, you're fine, just keep going. But I wasn't fine. I had like a V on my chest. I just walked around, you know, with a victim energy and a lot of bad things happened to me. I got into very dangerous situations and dangerous relationships with drug addicts, people in the mafia. Uh, It's all in the book. (laughs) Wow. So what do you think made you make all those poor decisions? Uh, Did you just feel so bad about yourself that you thought you couldn't do any better and, and, uh, you know, hanging out with losers and the mafia and drug addicts and so on? Nobody else would love you? That's correct, Dave. That's that's what, um, and if you go to arielspring.net, you'll see all the symptoms of PTSD and how they tell you those exact things that you're not good enough now and you're damaged goods. I used to have the self-talk that I was Mm. just a dot and I I didn't matter. So your parents didn't know anything about this until you wrote your book, yes? Uh, No, they didn't even know about it then because they didn't want to read my book. (laughs) You sound like interesting people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But I forgave them. Good for you. And I healed myself, and I I came to take care of them. Wow. You know, I'm very just proud and thankful to God for the amount of healing I've done. Um, No, my mother was happy that I was getting success from my book, but she didn't want to read the book. Sounds Um, like she knew what was in it. (laughs) Well, before she died, I did tell her about the sexual assaults. And her response to me was, why didn't you tell us? And I looked her in the eye and I said, Mom, because I couldn't talk to you. Wow. So it was just really unfortunate and tragic, you know, um, what happened with my parents and myself. But And even while you were caring for them in their old age, you didn't feel uh, loved or appreciated or respected? They weren't easy people to care for? I coined it as mommy moments. I, In the two and a half years I was caring for them, she would give me mommy moments. But overall, did I feel those things, Dave? No. I mean, she would go out 
she and my dad would go out with their friends who we knew because we'd been visiting them for, you know, a long time. We wouldn't get invited. So my mother always left me out of her life because, as I've learned, she had rather narcissistic tendencies and uh, she just left me out so that I wouldn't take up any of her spotlight. Well, you know, our, our audience are mostly burned out caregivers, mostly women. And so this is a good story because we bring our baggage into the caregiving experience. Um, and especially if it's a, a mother and a daughter, which is very, very common. And, you know, most mothers and daughters do not get along and they have no idea what, <laughs> why, or, you know, what's going on. But what advice would you give to a caregiver who's caring for their mother, a, a female, and um, she just doesn't know, uh, you know, she feels like she's uh, seven years old again or 12 years old or 18 years old, you know, they're certainly not being treated like an adult. And uh, what makes it even more complicated is maybe the uh, the parent, the roles have reversed. Now the parent is the child and the child is the parent. And that even makes it worse. What's your take on all of that? My take, Dave, is to work on yourself. I was in intensive schema therapy while I was caring for them, going three times a week, delving into the child parts that broke off from the traumas with my parents and reparenting them. So while I was caring for them, I was reparenting myself at the same time. It was very exhausting to do oh, all man. that. But it helped me find my true self and be able to forgive them and love them, mm. and care for them with no strings attached. Mm. Of course, there are triggers. I'm not going to say it's perfect, but um, intensive work on yourself is my recommendation wholeheartedly um, because, you know, they're their chance of working on themselves has left. So it's up to us to take care of ourselves. And I like to call it self-love induced self-care. It's very important for caregivers to do self-love, self-care acts for themselves yeah. while caring for people. Give us and, some example of how you did that. Well, um, self-love, self-care. I, I live at the beach, so... Oh, lucky you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> beach walks, um, just even sitting on the beach if you don't feel like walking. If you're not at the beach, go into a forest, go into some woods. I used to live in the Pacific Northwest, so there I walked in the forest, um, and that's also just as healing. Um, body movement. What do you like to do? Do you like to do? I do gyrokinesis, which is a spiraling movement um, that Julio Horvath created for dancers. And uh, it's it gets the energy, the negative energy off you that you're storing from doing all of this work for other people. Wow. So any, any body movement that you like, um, yoga, you know, stretching, 
Uh, I do rebounding as well. That's really good for the lymph. And also, you want to make sure that you're eating healthy, organic foods, no fast food, no junk food, drinking plenty of uh, good, pure water. Um, these things are essential. Yeah, you know, I always say forgiveness, unforgiveness, is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Uh, forgiveness is a really, really big part because um you know, you were hurt so much by the people who were supposed to be protecting you. How did you deal with that? And what made you come around to forgive them and not hate them? Well, it was a long journey, but... Uh, and how so old were you when when you started that journey? I was, forgiveness. I was mature. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but it was many years before that that I actually looked myself in the mirror, Dave, and said, "I my life is completely out of control. And I got on my knees and I begged mm -hmm. my Savior for help. And that's when my recovery journey began. Um, I had to forgive myself first. Mm, that's very important, yeah. Before I could forgive the perpetrators, my parents, my sibling, anyone else, I had to really forgive me. And um, that's when that journey started of forgiveness. It was a long journey. And um, again, my mother has passed away. My dad is still living, but I feel clear. You know, I feel clear that I did the work I needed to do to forgive my mom while she was alive and that clears my slate <laughs> so how did you approach them did you let them know that you forgive them because sometimes that doesn't go very well does it yeah <laughs> no, it, it's funny you mentioned that you're I forgiving actually, me <laughs> <laughs> yeah we didn't do anything <laughs> um that's why you know there's a lot more stuff that actually happened uh, in, in the, the book, book, right? <laughs> yes, When Birds Sing, My Journey from Trauma to Triumph, that people will find riveting, I'm sure. But um, I wrote them letters of forgiveness in the nonviolent communication format. I remember this happening. I felt this. I forgive you. Well, when they received the letters, they did not speak to me for two years. Wow. Yeah. So that yeah, was the beginning of the forgiveness. But see, that was about me taking back my power that I had given to them. Because I really wanted to please my parents. And I thought just turning my my identity and my power over to them was the only way. And uh I found out that it is not. I found out the hard way. <laughs> How did they uh, start talking to you again? What brought well, that? It was induced by me, of course. <laughs> you know. What did you do and how did you do it? I, I think I wrote them a card and I said um, something, you know, our hearts are, are longing to, you know, love each other and that's when they began to speak to me again and uh and those and it, topics never came up again 
they just uh, my just mother talking. My mother, being a narcissist, controlled everything. So if you tried to bring things up that she didn't want to talk about, she would just deny it and deny you to talk about it and yell at you and things of this nature. She, you know, my dad was very subjugated to her as well. So that's when I just began to work on myself because the only person you can change in life is you. And when I began the intensive work on myself, that's when there were glimpses of her, you know, what, loving me somewhat or or changing a little bit. But I began to not worry about her changing because I was having such success with my healing journey that it didn't matter as much anymore. You know, I was starting to understand everything that happened whether she would validate it or not i didn't need that validation anymore yeah so let me ask you a question um since your mother is gone how has that changed your father or his attitude or his growth wow you you ask questions that go right to the heart (laughs) um when my mom passed i noticed that my dad, who had been very subjugated to her, had been married a very long time. I got to experience my dad in a way I had never experienced him. Is that a good thing? <laughs> it was a very good thing. Oh, good. The, the thing he did is he, we were over at the house and he said, honey, I want you to go up in our bedroom and I want you to go through every drawer, all her closet, and take whatever you want because you come first. Wow. How'd that I, make you feel? I I could start crying. Right <laughs> I mean, I'd never heard that from him in my entire life. His taskmaster had died, or what do they say? Uh, the wicked witch is dead. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the lid had been lifted, you know, and um, when, I mean, I was there when my mom passed away. She had gotten hospice. She was in the living room in the hospital bed. And when, when she stopped breathing, I started wailing, um, crying. You know, my brother was there with his wife, my dad, myself. Nobody cried but me. But my dad held me so tightly, and that was a very different experience as well. He, wow. he actually gave me comfort, and uh, I was probably releasing a lot of pain that I had stored up over the years, you know, from dealing with my mom, bless her heart, and, and God rest her soul. Um, so... You know, it's it's been good. Wow, that's really good. Um, wow, it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us about your book and why the title and what you hope people will get out of it? Certainly. When Birds Sing comes from the um, time my parents came out um, to Seattle to visit us. 
and we were we had had dinner. We we're sitting at the table, and my dad looked at me and said, "Every spring, when the birds would sing, I would pray to God that you were okay." Excuse me. Wow. And I just ran from the table. <laughs> That's beautiful. In the bathroom, that my dad he had peeked through in that moment again. You know, he he showed me that he loved me in that moment because it was overshadowed by my mom (laughs) wanting to have all the attention. And um, so that's how um, I got the title. And what I want women, especially, and men, of course, because many men suffer from trauma as well and abuse. I also was in a a, a domestic violence um, marriage for four years. Oh, my. Uh, yes. You were just going from the frying pan into the fire, huh? Yeah, I was, you know, in my 20s, spiraling like I told you, and then I met the abusive ex, and that was four years of hell. Poor thing. But I I left. I had strength. I had courage. I had yes. resilience. And Where did that all come from, the strength, courage, and resilience? <laughs> from the one up above. <laughs> so you give a lot of credit to God. Yes, I do. And um, I just want women to know and men that um, there is hope. Keep going. Don't give up. Do not give up. Because I am living proof that you can soar beyond your wildest dreams if mm. you keep going and you don't give up. Well, I'm assuming this book is wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. Walmart, <laughs> yes. Walmart, Target. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been a great show. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, now, people want to get a hold of you or speak to you, uh, you know, and maybe uh, do you do counseling or anything like that or uh, coaching? I am a life coach, a certified professional life coach and mm. certified professional health coach. Just go to my website, arielspring.net, and you can contact me there for coaching and anything and, else. And also and that's, uh, my resources. Let's and spell, I have it, a blog let's also. spell it correctly. It's A R I E L L E and S P R I N G. Is it arielspring.com or is it oh, dot net? Arielspring.net. Is the word coaching in there? Do you have another one or is that it? That's it. Okay. Um, Arielspring.net. And don't go to website. don't go to com because you go to the wrong place. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well that's awesome. Is there anything, any last words that I didn't ask you that I was that you were hoping I did before we go? I thought you were brilliant. And oh I'm I, brilliant. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I'll give you that twenty dollars I promised you later. <laughs> uh-huh. You asked some very touching and moving questions that, well, that really were helpful. So thank You're you. very kind. I've I've been doing this ten years, so uh it's not because I'm brilliant, it's because, you know, like 
like a monkey, you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I guess. Oh no, 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 Dave. It's okay <laughs> to say you're brilliant. <laughs> okay. Well, you're very sensitive about self-deprecation, aren't you? <laughs> You've been hey, beating yourself up all your life, haven't you? No, I'm just reflecting to you that you couldn't be doing this for ten years if you weren't brilliant, because there's a lot of podcasts out there. <laughs> wow, I'm going to make you president of my fan club. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I'm a coach, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're a very good coach. If anybody out there needs coaching, if you're beating yourself up if, or if you're uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or if you're going from the frying pan out into the fire, if some of these stories has resonated with you, please contact Ariel at Ariel, A-R-I-E-L-L-E, spring.net, and let her help you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ariel. And um, I just want to say that, uh, um, let me tell you about my new book. I've uh, It's almost new. It's about a year old now, but it's still moving off the shelves. My number one newly released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for, for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world, available wherever books are sold, and also my membership website, caregiverdave.com. And if you join Caregiver Dave uh, Facebook community of 34,000, Caregivers, you'll learn all about my new Acapulco Villa Caregiver Wellness Retreat that I offer uh, to burnout caregivers in June. Um, uh, if you also click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching this on, then it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. So again, thank you to all my listeners out there all over the world. Thanks for tuning in every Wednesday and making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet, according to Feedspot. Uh, so until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Dave Nassani, otherwise known as Caregiver Dave. And I'm coming to you live from this beautiful Acapulco Villa, which I like to say is the perfect prescription for caregiver burnout. And I have a unique opportunity to bring 14 burned-out caregivers up here so that they can decompress and do all the things that they need to do. But this is just a bonus it actually comes with the six-month Zoom coaching program. It's a one-on-one -on -one consult with me, Caregiver Dave, to identify where you are and where you need to go. It's six monthly small group coaching sessions to smash any obstacles between you and your ideal vision of what a caregiver needs to be and caregiver success. You get my three free books and instructions on boundaries, grief, self-care, organization, asking for help, learning how to say no, avoiding burnout, avoiding depression, avoiding perfectionism, avoiding isolation, avoiding resentment, delegation, team building, how to have fun, how to have no guilt, the importance of gratitude, and after caregiving when you're no longer a caregiver. But this seven-day bonus is absolutely free. It comes with the coaching program that you pay for. And the food is all-inclusive. I'm telling you, seven days and seven nights here is amazing. This is truly paradise. And I highly recommend it. For more information, go to caregiverdave.com. That's going to send you to my other website. And if you want a shortcut to get there immediately, just go to acapocodave.com. Thanks again. I look forward to seeing you in Acapulco. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing 